Hi everyone, my name is Sherry Tucker. I am an estate planning and elder law attorney in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am going to have a guest attorney who practices in family law. We're going to do a podcast special for the holidays and talk about visitation and family co-parenting during the holidays. So let's uh, take a look at children as well as our elder senior citizens. So I'm here today with my guest, Huma Shah, S-H-A-H, a family law attorney. And uh, Huma, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you uh, graduate from law school? So I graduated from the University of Wisconsin Law School in 2009, up in Madison. And um, since then, my practice has focused primarily on family law. Um, I've practiced in Illinois, Florida, and Pennsylvania. And now my practice focuses mainly on Illinois and Missouri cases. Um, okay, so you're licensed in both Illinois and the state of Missouri? Yeah. And uh, did I look at uh, correctly that you are also a guardian ad litem? Yes, I am a guardian litem, but in the state of Illinois, um, I still have to obtain my certification in Missouri. I did the training. There's just a couple of other steps left that I need to complete, but I should be certified soon. So what is a guardian ad litem for our listeners who, who don't know? What is a guardian ad litem? What do you do? Sure. So a guardian ad litem, um, as you very well know, it can be used in the family law context and in the elder law context. So within family law, guardian ad litems are um, appointed when family law cases get very um, acrimonious, when there's a high level of conflict. And a guardian ad litem's job is to represent the child's interest. They don't represent mom, they don't represent dad. Their job is to meet with the children, see their living environment, what issues there are, and then provide the court with the report to see what kind of custody situation works best for them. So it's a common misconception, you know, dad will say, no, she's on my side. Mom will say, no, she's on my side. But the guardian is really there for the children and to protect their best interests. And then um, you also have a guardian ad litem in elder law, correct? Yes, and I have some experience with that. This is for elderly people who are, you know, because of their age or illness are unable to take care of themselves. Sometimes you'll see guardian ad litems appointed for older people who are cognitively disabled. Like I represented a gentleman once at litem. Um, when he was a kid, he was in a car accident and suffered a traumatic brain injury. So, you know, cognitively he was because of that, he suffered some delays. And the court needed to appoint a guardian ad litem because up until his mother was alive, she took care of him. But then his brother wasn't taking care of him. And this guy was roaming around on the street, some health issues that were being neglected. So the court had to appoint a guardian to kind of represent his um, interests in court. So, Huma, as we're talking about um, divorces and children and just uh, looking after the interest of children, we have the holidays coming up. And, right. you know, I guess um, in your field, holidays may be uh, trying and contentious. What uh, I know you uh, wrote a blog recently just talking about how families can approach the holiday season. So here you are as a family law attorney. What, um, you know, what are some of the suggestions that you can give to parents 
in a divorce situation? Sure. So like you said, um, you know, holidays are a test for a couple's or a former couple's co-parenting skills and abilities. And it is not uncommon for us family law attorneys to see a flurry of activity around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, I think the number one thing that parents need to keep in mind during the holidays is that it is about the kids and not them. Um, The memories you create, whether they be positive or negative, stay with children for a lifetime. So I think the most important thing you can do is to plan ahead. Sit down and have a discussion with your co-parent, with your ex-spouse and say, hey, how are we going to do Thanksgiving this year? How are we going to do Christmas or New Year's Eve or Hanukkah? Whatever holidays you celebrate. A lot of times the parenting time schedule for the holidays is outlined in the custody agreement itself. But if it's not, then you know you need to sit down and have a conversation or for some reason you wanna switch the usual um, custody schedule. Like usually maybe if it's dad's year, mom wants to have Thanksgiving for a special reason, sit down and talk to them ahead of time, well in advance so that you have a plan and let the other parents have an alternative and time to celebrate that holiday with the children as well. Okay, so um, I liked what you said about creating memories and you either create good memories or bad memories for the children. When they're co-parenting and uh, here they are, let's say they're following their schedule. Well, what are some of the things that you can suggest that parents should think about and maybe can implement to help create those good memories? Well, one thing is this, you know, don't say, look, you're having a better time with me than you would if you were spending this holiday with your mother or, you know, your mother's side of the family doesn't give good gifts. My side does. Avoid these types of comments. You know, if you can't say anything good about the other parent, don't say anything at all. You know, um, The other point to consider is that maybe you and your ex can spend the holiday together. This really depends on what kind of relationship you have with your ex. But if you guys co-parent well and are able to respect each other, you might want to spend it together. The the kids will be happier. Um, And you can build good memories like that, you know. Um, And for those people who are able to do this, most have said that this arrangement actually works better both for the children and the adults uh, pieces of advice i would give and be flexible you know if you have to change your plans and it's not due to a malicious action on the other party's part try to accommodate them if you can so one of the things that um you know i i read and it just resonated was the gift buying you know mm-hmm. it seems that parents aren't always um, equal in how much money um, they can spend on the children. And one of the things that resonated, I believe you said something about um, talking about gift buying. Um, what, what is your suggestion when it, here it is, it's present time, and um, what, can you, what can you suggest? Sure, that's a really good question. Um... You know, one thing we see in couples who are no longer together, one parent who maybe isn't spending as much time with the children or 
hasn't been that present in their lives, I think what they will do sometimes to make up for that is buy the children very expensive gifts. And that sends the wrong message. So if that is an issue or in general, you know, there are certain values that you want to impart on your kids, sit down with your ex ahead of time and say, look, let's have a limit on the amount of money we're going to spend on the gifts. And, you know, if you could also share these concerns with your extended family or the people who generally buy the children gifts, that would be great too. Or, you know, certain types of gifts that you think are not appropriate for your children, depending on their age, you know, maybe certain types of books or, you know, video games, sit down and talk about that ahead of time. Because the thing that children hate is receiving a gift and then having a parent take it away from them. Um, they may not understand the intention behind it. They just think that you're taking away this gift for me or you hate dad. So that's why you took this gift away from me to punish me. And it's not that better communication you have about the kinds of gifts you want your children to have or not to have ahead of time, the easier this process will go on the actual holiday. When you're, when you're working with parents and children and you have the holidays, um, coming up, do you, do you encounter where uh, the parents are kind of doing the one-up? Um, I'm going to have the big Christmas party and uh, you're coming to a big Christmas party versus, you know, a small family gathering. Do you, do you kind of see uh, sometimes parents doing this back and forth um, tug of war with their children uh, more at the holiday season? Sure, you do see that. Or, you know, what we will see is one parent will unreasonably withhold the children um, from the other parent on a particular holiday. And this is, I've seen this happen, you know, two parents live very close by to each other in the same city. And, you know, mom will say, can I have the children in the morning and you can have them in the evening? And dad will be like, no, he absolutely refuses and he doesn't have a good reason. Um, I have seen that and it's incredibly damaging. The children remember the fighting. They don't remember the happy memories from that time. So when you're thinking about, you know, helping create these happy, happy memories, um, mm-hmm. the, what advice would you give besides um, having, you know, having the talk? If you have mm-hmm. two parents that just don't get along and, um, you know, they're trying to, trying to do this push-pull or one-up, uh, one-upmanship, you know, on gift-giving and things, what, what could you say? that might help change the course of, of this co-parenting style? Yeah, that's a really good question. And as much as I hate to say this, um, there are some parents, like no matter how much you counsel them, <laughs> they just can't break that habit of trying to one-up that other parent. But for those parents who truly take advice to heart, the number one thing I would say for them to do is don't disparage the other parent. Do not bring the children into your conflict with the other parent. They don't need to hear about it. Um, they probably have had enough of your, your fighting and you know hatred to one another. They don't want to deal with it. So keep those comments to yourself. If you do feel like you need to say something to the other parent, do it in private when the children are not present. And you know, Try as much as you can to put up a united front in front of the kids, as hard as that is. 
um, kids learn to play the parents against each other pretty early on. So they will pick up on this and they'll say, you know what? Dad loves me more because he got me a better gift. You don't want to go down that road. So that's great advice, Huma. Um, I wanted to talk about um, right quick something else that um, has struck a chord with me. You mm-hmm. mentioned an unusual uh, way of handling the holidays. You talked about um, where uh, co-parenting is actually divorced, uh, a divorced couple who may mm-hmm. even be married uh, married again or not, spending the holidays together. So I, I found that interesting. Uh, could you, could you uh, touch base on that and, and uh, expand on how that would work or what you're thinking on that? Sure. So supposing, you know, Christmas Eve, um, everybody goes to church, you know. So maybe both parents can go with the children to that church for services. And if, you know, the either parent has remarried, that spouse comes along too. And that's a family get together, you know, um, create that tradition where everybody goes together and the children have the feeling that both parents are there and they're sharing this moment with me. Or, you know, when you are opening gifts, um, both parents do that together. And the ex spouses uh, give each other gifts as well. So that creates a sense of happiness, joy. It goes a long way in decreasing the animosity and tension between the parents, you know, depending on how good your relationship is, you know, mom might want to give her ex-husband's new spouse a gift just to create harmony and a feeling of friendship. You know, like now people don't refer to themselves as stepmoms. I'm a bonus mom. I'm a bonus dad. Approach it that way rather than that your ex's new spouse is your enemy. Treat them like a friend. Wow, that's that's really a different approach. So you're talking about basically creating new a new tradition or a new way of, of celebrating the holidays. Right. Expand your definition and understanding of what a family is. Oh. You know, uh, the holidays this season is going to be uh, pretty, pretty uh, trying, difficult. We've got some challenges. I think I've heard it uh, referred to like as a COVID wall. Um, right. You know, recently uh, I sent out some suggestions for visiting our senior citizens and our elderly because um, right now nursing homes are still shut down um, you know we're, we're continuing to spike in this COVID-19 and that means that you know our our grandmas and grandpas are in their home or even if you know there are parents they're in their home they're by themselves and sometimes they're even um, in different states So, you know, one of the things that um, I uh, talked about was something that my husband and I uh, used to do. We lived uh, in different states and um, far away, and we liked to do uh, simple celebrations for, like, the Kentucky Derby. So we would Mm -hmm. FaceTime. We'd have a menu, and we would uh, cook together using FaceTime. And my suggestion was to try to help um, your your older parents uh, 
maybe they're not very good with the phones um, mm-hmm. or, you know, have have something set up so that you can make that moment special. You can have a visitation with with the the parent in the home, you know, so that they can see their their grandchildren, they can see their son or daughter and not just say hi or open a present. I mean, we see that on commercials, right? But try to make some meaningful um, new tradition, new type of celebration. So as we're going through, um, my focus was on helping elderly people not uh, fall into isolation and to really truly feel not only physically isolated, but emotionally isolated. And so right. as we're, you know, as we're looking at adjusting with COVID-19, I'm sure, you know, some of your parents are, maybe they're in different places and, you know, we're being encouraged not to have the big family gatherings. So what, um, you know, what solution would you say is a good one as a, um, as a family law attorney working with divorce and, and co-parenting and, and the child custody issues right that's a great question and i think you alluded to this when you were speaking just a moment ago i i think the best thing you can do is to take advantage of the technology that is available to us zoom calls facetime use those tools as a way to stay connected on the holidays let your children talk to the other parent let them you know see let the other parent see what the children are doing maybe um each the parent that is, you know, using the technology and the child, they can do a craft together. They can see what they're doing on the camera. That may be a nice way for them to connect. Um, a lot of people like to decorate cookies and stuff during um, the holidays or Christmas. I think we're still going to be in this um, social distancing phase around that time. So maybe the children can, you know, Zoom and FaceTime while they're decorating the tree or something just so they stay connected. It is really hard. I mean, I have felt that way during the holidays too. My family is not coming over because we're following the social distancing guidelines. Um, So use technology to stay connected. My husband did this with his extended family. He did a Zoom call and I think like 20 different families showed up and it actually turned out to be a lot of fun. I didn't think people were gonna enjoy it, but just seeing each other and talking to each other, that was really nice. That's right, because, you know, not only is this affecting the get-togethers with parents, but this is affecting the extended family, the grandparents on both sides, and maybe even that uh, bonus mom or dad, I I like that term, um, you know, affecting them. So maybe that, you know, that is a way to grow your your family connections is to uh, use technology. Of course, you know, it is harder when they are in nursing homes because that is still a shutdown. Um, some of the um, people in the facilities, they don't have cell phones and they have to rely maybe on a landline, um, you know, of the front desk or something. So hopefully um, we can encourage, you know, families to find ways to reach out and use the technology. So that, um Face-to-face connection can be really important, even though it's virtual. Um, right. You know, we know there's a lot of virtual meetings going on. So it's a way for us to, to look and, and use this for our families. So it, it helps parents. It helps grandparents. 
Um, and it really is about, I like that term, uh, creating the good memories, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. One thing I would suggest for nursing homes, I'm part of another um, networking group. And what they did was they did a flower arranging class and then they took arrangements to nursing homes or you know hospitals where people are sick and they can't be around other people but just a little token to cheer them up um, that really helps just to know that someone is thinking of you wow that's great i mean it's i like when you said making crafts like you can make a craft it doesn't have to be something uh complex it could be you know something that's simple but that you're doing it together and having that connection and building that memory and maybe who knows creating a new tradition you know if we're you know in this forever how long um, we're in this that we all take the opportunity really about connecting and uh, I like what you said is maybe when we're having all this um, these good memories being created that we're really making everything more personable and we're we're uh, actually building a stronger relationship maybe even becoming a better person out of it so that would be great <laughs> so i know you know you're you're a family lawyer and i know that you deal with all sorts of the family law issues some of them pleasant and some of them not so pleasant but it sounds sure. like, you know, you're um, hitting a really good chord here of encouraging your, your parents to think about their children, to set aside differences, create good memories. You know, don't use your money. Don't use your influence. Don't want to, don't disparage um, and try to reach out. And I think, you know, in this crisis time, that is a real positive message for everyone to hear. Right, right. Because, you know, a lot of people are sheltering at home, even people who have strong marriages and, you know, have a good relationship with each other. When they're around each other 24-7, they start getting on each other's nerves. So <laughs> this is great practice on how to deal with the tension and the frustrations when you're always around each other. If you can do it in this situation, then you're good when once we're out of this pandemic. That's uh, great advice. So, again, I am uh, talking with Huma Shaw. And she's with the Shaw Law Firm. She is a uh, family lawyer in the state of Missouri and Illinois. Her law firm is based in Clayton, Missouri, correct? Okay. So you can reach Huma Shaw at, what's your phone number, Huma? 636-299-0250. All right, and that's Huma Shaw, uh, Shaw, S-H-A-H. And uh, I am Sherry Tucker with Tucker Legal Services, Estate Planning, Elder Law, licensed in Arkansas, Missouri. And I hope you enjoyed uh, this guest presentation. And you can find more information out about my services at www.tuckerlegal-llc.com. Phone number is 314 three three two zero zero one one and my email address is info info at tuckerlegal llc.com and please remember that the choice of an attorney is 
uh, a very important decision and should not be based solely on any advertisement or social media.